This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Jimmy, out along with Wes Reynolds of Vison here on Sports Better's Paradise, talking the NFL. Wes on the season eight and five uh, for the uh, for his picks in the NFL. Pretty doggone good. We're still over five hundred. Uh, in the NFL uh, collectively with Jonathan Von Tobel, Aaron Renning, Wes Reynolds, and also Randy McKay. Wes, how's it going? Going all right, Jimmy. How are you doing? Doing good, doing good, man. You, uh, I see the first game you want to talk about is the Saints and Seattle in, I mean, three third down penalties, three third down stops after you take mm-hmm. the lead in the second half for the Saints, and that was uh, – Another one that stung. So, uh, Roger, the conspiracy theories in the in the in the Big Easy are a plenty. I guess you could mm-hmm. say, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that uh, Goodell doesn't like uh, the Saints a whole lot. But anyway, uh, here's the Saints back home. Seattle, a surprising two and two. Uh, they uh, did not punt uh, in Detroit. Uh, on Sunday as they won a wild one, 48-45. The highest-scoring team in the NFL, the highest-scoring game, obviously, in NFL uh, in Week 4. Saints are five-and-a-half at home in the Superdome against Seattle. Yeah, and who would have thought that Seattle would be the leading offense? Last week they had 555 yards in Detroit, 8.8 yards a play, which is just, you know, off the charts good, but... I think maybe that this is the week where you can kind of go against that because everybody's going to see, hey, highest scoring team in the league. They scored 48 on Detroit. Detroit's still trying to figure things out, I think, defensively, whereas I think New Orleans uh, a little bit better in that regard. They've been a disappointing team, though, certainly starting out one and three. But if you look at the London game, I thought that was a very winnable game for the Saints. They got off to a shaky start. They were down 16 to seven at halftime, but they were the better team in the second half. And, you know, you're going with Andy Dalton and Latavius Murray, who's not even on the roster anymore. Now he's just got signed by the Denver Broncos because Javante Williams is out for the rest of the year with an ACL injury. So you look in the Saints, you know, with a lot of backups, we're right there with Minnesota and Will Lutz almost hits two 60 plus yard field goals, but you know, I, I thought the Saints made a nice acquittal of themselves. Obviously, the entire market got on Minnesota, especially if you got the two and a half. If you got the three, you push. But even the piggybackers were still coming in. Then there was some late money. That's where I got in on New Orleans when it went ahead and crossed the three and, you know, just taking a number, basically. Not really convinced on the side either way because that was a stay away game by and large for me last week. But. This is where I'm going to come in on New Orleans, back in the Superdome. I know it's always that tricky spot when you come back from London. Usually you like to have a bye week after that to kind of get over the jet lag, get over any of the travel. But 
I think the Saints being back in the Superdome, knowing that their backs are against the wall, and you get a team in Seattle that I think is kind of overachieved to start the season. There was talk, okay, maybe this is going to be the worst team in the NFL, and maybe that talk perhaps was premature, but I'm still not a total believer in this team. I just think that that game at Detroit was really an aberration going forward. Uh, and uh, and Andy Dalton, in relief of uh, Jameis Winston, uh, got a lot better uh, as the game went on. I mean, uh, he was moving them up. Gets rid of the ball quickly. Um, yeah. And, and this is without Michael Thomas. This is without Alvin Kamara, who, who both may be back this week. Yeah, exactly. And that's another reason why I like the Saints. Because if you look at Dalton, obviously he is not what you would call in his prime, Jimmy, but if he has some protection up there, because you can't really just judge him on what you saw in Chicago, where he had no offensive line, and you're seeing you know, the current young quarterback, Justin Fields, really struggle up there. Now, that's partially on him and not necessarily on the offensive line, but Dalton never really had a chance. So, you know, you get, I think, with a better team and a better organization down there in New Orleans, he's shown that, you know, at least as a stopgap type of starter or a temporary type of starter, he can still produce. And it's something they didn't have last year when Winston did go down with the torn ACL. So I uh, use him, and that's kind of been uh, a lot of the commentary uh, in the New Orleans area is, hey, man, give me a healthy Andy Dalton mm-hmm. over an injured Jameis Winston. So in the Saints offensive line, you talk about that protection, dominated in the second half. They gave him all kinds of time. Speaking of dominating, that's kind of what the Dallas Cowboys defense has been doing so far. What about those horror stories? I mean, the uh, I mean, the sky is falling. Dak goes down. We're 0-1. We look terrible against Tampa Bay. Cooper Rush has ripped off wins against Cincinnati, the Giants, and Washington. Now he's picking his spots where to be aggressive and knowing that it's not terrible to just punt the ball with this uh, great Dallas uh, pass rush that they have. Also, Cooper Rush, he won his one start last year at Minnesota on a Sunday night. 4-0, the first quarterback ever mm-hmm. for the Dallas Cowboys to start 4-0. They don't have a whole lot of quarterbacks in their history, I guess. Huh? Well, anyway, the uh, the Dallas Cowboys now go on the road, and now the Rams are laying five at home after getting beat on Monday night in San Francisco, Santa Clara, to be specific. Uh, Rams five over the Cowboys here, Wes. Man, isn't it amazing how the NFL works, how the narratives and how the storylines change over just a, a short time span because – you know, it's like, okay, Dallas is finished. Dallas is done for here. And now you're getting some of the national hot take shows that are like, hey, maybe they're better with Cooper Rush. Isn't it amazing how that like changes so quickly where it's like, eh, maybe that Prescott good guy that we paid 200 plus million dollars, maybe, maybe he's just not that good. But you know, Cooper Rush, I got to tip my my cap to him. Uh, he has been doing a really good job and, you know, kind of been taking what the defense gives him. Dallas has been able to run the ball effectively, and the defense has really been carrying these guys. And they had to last week against Washington. And I was on the commanders, and that ended up being, a you know, a wrong side. But if you really look at, at the do the box score analysis or the box score autopsy, if you will, Really wasn't a lot of difference between these two teams, despite the fact that the final score was 25 to 10. Uh, 
uh, commanders ran more plays. And so, you know, they got a few more yards, but it was really all about the two turnovers. Uh, one was at the end of the half where Wentz was just trying to throw a Hail Mary and see what he could get. But what really killed the commanders was 11 penalties for 136 yards. And that set him back. Those were drive killers over and over again. Every time the commanders would get a first down, they'd get a holding or, you know, they get, you know, a block in the back or they get called for that pick play, you know, that they like to call now in the NFL. So they would get penalties that would just kill drives. And, you know, Dallas, it, it looks like an impressive win on paper, Jimmy. But if you watch the game, it really wasn't. The defense obviously was very good, but they really didn't have to do a whole lot. So now that's why you saw this line, I think, higher than a lot of people thought you were going to see at the Rams. And I was on the 49ers on, on Monday night. And, and now kind of the story is, okay, what's wrong with the Rams? They're two and two defending Super Bowl champions. Is Matthew Stafford washed up? We know that the offensive line has had some issues. Offensive line for the commanders had some issues last week and somehow only allowed two sacks. I think Dallas did get 11 hits on the quarterback, though. But uh, we did see a little bit of a move on the Rams as, as we record this on Wednesday morning because I was thinking, okay, is this maybe going to get down to four? Or is this perhaps going to get down to three and a half? Because it was seven in terms of the look ahead last week. And then it got adjusted down, obviously, with Dallas's win. And then plus the Rams looking very much less than impressive on Monday night. So, you know, it goes down to four and a half. And then all of a sudden got hit. There were some places I think that temporarily reached six. And then they adjusted it back down to five and five and a half. So I'm going to buy low, actually, with kind of one of those you know, middle of the road type favorites where, you know, it's in that dead zone, I guess what we call dead numbers, even though they're not as dead anymore. But five is kind of considered a dead number in the NFL because it's not three and it's not seven. It's right in the middle. And sometimes odds makers will put that number out there like, okay, you guys as the betters decide where it goes. So uh, what the betters are deciding, I think it maybe maybe in terms of the sharp guys, because all I've seen is Dallas sentiment. Like, how can Dallas be four and a half point underdogs against the Rams as poor as they looked on uh, on Monday night? But this is where I'm going to go buy low on Sean McVay and the boys and lay it with the Rams. All right. Uh, and yes, uh, the Washington Commanders against Cowboys on Sunday, as bad as it looked. Had more first downs, 17 to 15. Had more total yards, 297 to 279. Speaking of the Washington Commanders, uh, looking at your teaser this week as your third play, uh, crossing over those hot numbers of three and seven, uh, you're looking at the Tampa Bay game, which is uh, eight and a half. Uh, they're eight and a half point favorites. And Tennessee goes to Washington as a two and a half point favorites. Tampa Bay. Eight and a half over Atlanta. Atlanta, the only 4-0 team, ATS, in the NFL. And as we talked about, uh, Tennessee and Washington after that uh, tough loss last week, even though they outgained and outfirst down the Cowboys. Yeah, I guess before I do anything with Tampa Bay, I need to consult with my legal panel uh, regarding the uh, divorce proceedings that may be taking place down there in the state of Florida. But if you watched, I know Tampa Bay didn't get there for the teaser backers and those that backed them earlier in the week, but the offense did move. They had 376 yards. Now, they couldn't run the ball at all, so I think when they got behind, they pretty much just abandoned the pass game, or the run game, rather, right. and just went pass, pass, pass. But, you know, we saw that when when Tom has some weapons, he can still move the football, and they can still put up points on the board. They couldn't win in a shootout, though, if Kansas City, just because they got behind early. But 
Uh, Mike Evans had 10 targets, eight catches for 103 yards and two touchdowns. And his game back from the one game suspension for the uh, little deal with uh, Lattimore down there in the Superdome. And then Chris Godwin first game back, uh, 10 targets, seven catches for 59 yards. So, you know, at least some help in terms of the receiving core, because you saw in the Green Bay game where they actually still have a chance to tie at the end if they don't get that, you know, delay of game on the two-point conversion. That game goes to overtime against Green Bay. Tom Brady had nobody really to throw to, and but they were still able to get that drive at the end and at least make it a game with Green Bay. Whereas, you know, now I think, okay, the offense is going to hum, I think, at least a little bit more where you've got your full asset of weapons. Atlanta, you mentioned, the only undefeated ATS team in the league. So I think teasing this under three is probably prudent because I think Atlanta, when teams cover like that, it doesn't matter how good or how mediocre or how bad they are. When they get on a cover run like that, you have betters that are willing to come in and back them. Like I'm even seeing some eight and halves out there in the market. And then because Tampa Bay, of course, lose by double digits at home in prime time, they've lost two straight games at home. So now you're thinking, okay, there's some vulnerability in Tampa Bay. So that's why I'm not necessarily going to lay the big number, but I'll certainly use it as a teaser. And then where I teased it in with was actually a team that I may end up taking outright. And that's the Washington Commanders, who are now one and three and kind of up against it at home and teasing that up to eight and a half. Uh, Tennessee has gotten two straight wins, but they've really had to hang on, actually, for dear life in both of them. Because remember, they were up big on the Raiders. The Raiders have a chance when they go for two at the end to tie. Don't get it done. Tennessee hangs on. Tennessee gets out to a big lead in the first half at Indianapolis and then gets totally outplayed. Because if you look, you're like, how did the Colts lose that game? Well, they got down 24 to 10 early and just kind of their own mistakes, I think, is, is what really helped Tennessee. Three turnovers, two lost fumbles. Matt Ryan, he's on pace to set the record all time for fumbles in a season. So he's got to take better care of the football. But <clears throat> Tennessee, look, they gave up 5.8 yards of play to an Indianapolis offense that has really been poor. I think they're near the bottom in scoring this year, about 14.3 points a game. So I'm not convinced on this Tennessee team. I mean, you're this team was just a home underdog to the Raiders two weeks ago. And now you're asking them to go lay points on the road right. at Washington. So mm-hmm. I think that's a little bit of an overreaction. I think Washington's good on the tees up to eight and a half. Yeah, I like Washington uh, straight up uh, as well. Uh, yeah, I'm probably going to end up betting that. I'd love to see a three, but I think there's going to be enough resistance where those might not show up again. Keep in mind, the Falcons, uh, it may get a little tougher now for Mac- Marcus Mariota, who's had a, a nice start uh, to this season. You know, he's not going to uh, get any all-pro honors or challenge for a Super Bowl or even the playoffs, but He's, he's, he's playing solid football to give them uh, a, an opportunity to cover, as they've done in all four games. But with Patterson out, things got a little tougher against Cleveland. Season low, 139 yards. Season low, seven completions. So without Patterson running the ball, who they finally switched to his proper position and that has sort of a fountain of youth uh, type of effect on him, that could be a key injury for the already thin uh, Atlanta Falcons makes him much more one-dimensional. So Wes's three plays again: uh, Tampa Bay uh, minus two and a half, Washington plus eight and a half teaser, Rams minus five, and the Saints minus five and, uh, and uh, as well. Who that? Come on, Wes, let's get them home <laughs> <laughs> down in the Superdome. For Wes Reynolds, I'm Jimmy Odd on the Sports Betters Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network.